Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. I am Greg Littner. I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and it is a pleasure to be able to talk to you. I thought that today we'd talk about the different seasons of life. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, we find the following. There is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plan and a time to uproot what is planted. March is the month that ushers in spring, and I love that time of the year. It is a time when everything starts to come alive. The trees begin to bud and the flowers start to bloom. The air becomes filled with the sounds of all different kinds of birds and more little animals can be seen running around. It is a time of rebirth as nature shakes off the shackles of a long winter season and reasserts the beauty of life. Have you ever noticed how the yearly cycle of life closely parallels the life of a Christian? Starting with spring and the bursting forth of life anew, it is easy to make the comparison. In John 3 and verse 3, Jesus made the following statement to Nicodemus. He said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. When a man is born into this world, he is spiritually alive, sinless, and in fellowship with the Father. However, at some point in his life, he will sin. He will violate God's law. When that happens, he dies spiritually and is separated from God. Thus, a new birth is required, a restoration of the fellowship with the Father that is enjoyed only by those whom he counts as righteous. This new birth is detailed in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 6, where Paul wrote the following, Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. We should also mention 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Paul said, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Did you notice in the passage from Romans 6 the phrase, newness of life? Did you notice in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, a new creature and new things have come? Doesn't that kind of remind you of spring? The infant buds are bursting forth. The baby animals are coming out for their first real experience with life, and there is freshness and excitement. 
Doesn't that bring to mind the new Christian, the babe in Christ? They are truly born again. All things are become new. There is a freshness and an excitement to a new Christian that is something to see. Just as the trees and the flowers soak up the sunshine and the rain of spring, receiving their proper nourishment to enable them to grow, so too the new Christians, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word that by it they may grow in respect to salvation, as we read in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. It is so exciting to see a new Christian. Almost in a rush, they seek to fill themselves with the word of God, as if to make up for lost time and to reach the point of spiritual maturity where they will be equipped to handle the meat of the word and not the milk only. They are out in the world talking to people about their salvation. And when they are with their fellow Christians, they are asking questions, trying to grow. I enjoy spring and I enjoy babes in Christ. Unfortunately, not all of the buds that come out in the spring are going to make it to maturity. Some simply won't have the root system that they need to sustain them. Others will not be able to withstand the powerful spring storms that they will have to face. Still others will have someone come along and pluck them out before they really have a chance to grow. Unfortunately, some of the newborn babes in Christ are not going to make it to maturity either. I'm reminded of the parable of the sower, and specifically the Lord's explanation of it found in Luke chapter 8, verses 11 through 15. This is the explanation. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And those beside the road are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And those on the rocky sorrow are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no firm root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. And the seed which fell among thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to maturity. And the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart, and hold it fast, and bear fruit with perseverance. But you know, my friends, eventually June 21st arrives, and those buds and animals that began in the spring and made it to a certain degree of maturity now enter into summer. I think summer in many ways is the most difficult season of the year. I guess you could also refer to it as the adulthood of nature. There will be periods of dryness, if not outright drought, when there will be very little rain to nourish the plants and they will start to wilt. Some will die and not make it through. Others will be almost gone, only to revive when the rains begin again. There will be occasions of terrible storms. Sometimes those summer storms just seem to arise so quickly and can be absolutely devastating in their ferocity. Whole crops can be destroyed, giant trees uprooted and torn apart, and they do not make it to the fall. But I suspect that the most difficult part of summer for the plants and animals of nature is just the day-to-day -day process of surviving. The newness and the excitement of life wears off, and it is a matter of going day to day, sometimes in wilting heat. But oh, the trees that stand tall during the summer are wondrous things to behold. They provide oxygen to all of nature. 
They supply homes to countless animals and birds, and they supply much-needed shade to those who are weary and hot. The flowers of summer can be so beautiful that they can make us forget the heat and marvel at the wonder of God's creation. So too it is in the life of a Christian. Eventually there comes a time when we are no longer babes in Christ. There comes a time when God expects us to be functioning as adult Christians. The fervor and enthusiasm that characterized the earliest years of being a Christian are replaced by a more mature enthusiasm that is flavored by knowledge and an ever-deepening love for the Lord. I liken this to the summer in the life of a child of God. This is the day-to-day living of a faithful servant. My friends, no life is completely tranquil. No life of any length is lived without experiencing pain and setbacks. There are good times and there are bad times. There are times when our faith is just so strong and there are other times when it is not quite as strong as it should be and needs to be. There will be different storms of life that will confront us. Being a Christian does not make us immune to having bad things happen. But even more than the wonderful peaks and the difficult valleys we will face are the everyday struggles as we seek to serve the Lord. A mature Christian realizes that sometimes it is a matter of perseverance. Sometimes it is a matter of just hanging in there. A mature Christian realizes that no matter how tough the walk may be, or for that matter how mundane and ordinary it may appear, he or she walks with the Lord. So day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year, the faithful Christian just keeps on going, remaining steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. I'd like you to consider a lengthy passage with me. It is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. What a wonderful lesson it teaches us concerning patience and perseverance. This is what it says. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom the Father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness 
Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble, and make straight paths for your feet, so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. You know, sometimes in the summer of our lives as Christians, we just have to keep on going, regardless of what happens. In each of the letters to the seven churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, Jesus ended by saying to him who overcomes, or he who overcomes, and then spoke of the reward that would belong to such an individual. What Jesus was urging upon all Christians is the need to be faithful, to remain strong, to hang in there, to continue steadfast until the end. We'll have more to say about the seasons of life in the next episode.